Hello everyone, welcome to episode 615 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This season we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Wave 6 Festival in Chicago September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. This year's featured acts include Stabbing Westward, Cold Cave, Front 242, Severed Heads, KMFDM, Ogre, and more. For the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Saturday Metro performer Paul Barker. This is Maleko. Maleko Heavy Industry Corporation is the name of the company. What happened, I was living in Austin at the time, and I met 
Josh Holly, who is my business partner in Maleco, there. Basically, what happened was we uh, had a mutual friend, Adam Grossman of Screw fame. We decided we were going to get a band together and we wanted to have basically, you know, a synth band with guitars, like that idea, and a drum machine. Not, uh, not, I'm not saying anything against drummers, but, you know, just, it just seemed like it was a, um, you know, we, we wanted to use samples uh, for drums, uh, you know, and we wanted them to be distinctive in that way. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So we started a music project and we called it Maleco. And uh, we got together many times and we have a body of about whatever, 15 songs or something. For a while, this is like 2005, I think. So for a while, we were pursuing that and I was trying to find a vocalist and, you know, trying to trying to make something happen with that. Anyway, so one thing led to another and we went our separate ways. But in 2006, I was talking to Josh Hawley and um, he was um, uh, helping a friend of his uh, who did uh, guitar effects pedals, like hand-built guitar effects pedals. And he said, holy shit, that Assmaster pedal that you've used forever is going for $1,200 on, online. <laughs> Why don't we why don't we make some pedals? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like nobody, you know, nobody does that because everybody does like Big Muff clones and Dallas uh, Range Master clones and TS Seven clones. So there are many pedals that you know they're very easy to build, and so people make them and clone them, and you know whatever. Anyway, so we decided, okay, let's see what happens. So. That's how we started our company. We started making a, a pedal that was, you know, inspired by a pedal that I actually still have. And, you know, it's all over like Silk Pig and uh, Psalm 69 and um, Dark Side of the Spoon. In a nutshell, that's how Maleco got together. Uh, let me also state that Josh Hawley is a, a synthesizer freak and, um, Right away, we decided that we were going to, you know, try and build some synth modules as well. So now that's our company is Guitar Effects Pedals and Eurorack synth modules. You know, we've worked with different uh, engineers, different designers to um, make products. I mean, electrical designers to make products. Yeah, and so the aesthetic of the brand is our own, you know, kind of irreverent take of what it is to be in business, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> 10 years on now, it's a completely different world for us than where it was than when we started. I suppose there's two ways to look at that. One is everybody and their grandmother is making pedals now, and most of them are the same. You know, they're just copies of 70s circuits, which is really boring to us. And the other thing is that we've learned a lot, and so we're challenging ourselves. So, you know, as much as we love analog stuff, that's it. We kind of feel like, in in many ways, that's kind of tapped out. So our new line of products are all digital based, right? They're all DSP, so that we can do all kinds of crazy things, and that you really can't do with analog, or you can't do in a small package with analog. Of course, you can do a lot of cool stuff with analog, but you know, the crazier it is, the bigger it has to be, unless 
your apple and you have the tiniest components that are like literally smaller than a grain of sand, capacitors and resistors and transistors and whatnot. I mean, because, I mean, our fucking phones have just, you know, it's, <laughs> forget about it, man. That's so intense. But, you know, and so what we do and what we started doing was just through holes. So it's just hand-built stuff, you know, like basically 50s technology. You know, people who are into guitars and, you know, old tube amps and stuff like this, you know, what, whatever. You know, there's a, certain, there's a certain something about that equipment that is, you know, kind of retro, future, sci-fi, kind of our planet Earth kind of goofiness that's still appealing to people. Uh, and it, it appeals to people who certainly like whatever us who weren't around at that time, you know, like, and it's, there's still something cool about it. You know, you know, our challenges are to try and make unique sounds with pedals. And uh, so we feel that the way to do that is through DSP, you know, through programming. So what we've done is, you know, we've had plenty of experience in studios. And so uh, one of the inspirations is, okay, that sound on that song, that, that vocalist is doing or that guitar player is doing or that keyboard is doing let's make a pedal that does something like that so you know there's a fair amount of research to try and figure out what that is and you know from there we decide can we fit it in a small package how many knobs does it need um and then if if we decide that we like the idea then of course then we come up with a name somehow and um then come up with graphics you know that's a collaborative thing i mean i i can say that you know all the artwork is mine but you know what it ends up looking like at the end is definitely a collaboration in modules it's slightly different there's a kind of a strange <laughs> strange sanitary world of uh synthesizer guys and you know teasingly we say that these guys play with their synthesizers you know wearing white gloves because you know there are people who who literally do not want anything any kind of faceplate for their synthesizer aside from silver and so if you put out a a product you know that has a black faceplate or a yellow faceplate or something like this there are third-party manufacturers who make replacement faceplates you know in silver so that these people can buy the module and then replace the faceplate so that when they put it in their system, it doesn't look different than their other modules. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that to me, I mean, okay, sure. I'm down with an aesthetic rigidity that, you know, dictates that you're a freak, but you know, it's like, fuck man, it's music, you know, make music. It's way more important to me, you know, that the fucking music is cool than it is what it looks like, you know, than what your system looks like. I mean, of course, you can have it both ways, you know, you can have you can have both, but it's still like it just it just seems like a waste of time to me. Like that's focusing your energy on the wrong thing. I mean, we get that kind of thing with guitar players too sometimes. So it's like, all right, all right. You know, hey, is that pedal going to be on the floor because what are you worried about, <laughs> you know?
Let's get back to Maleko's musical side. So you said you, yeah. you started off as a band, but I didn't see yeah. that you released anything. Is, is there anything out right now? So of the original music from 10 years ago, no, there's nothing out. It's pretty cool. I like it. But, you know, there's some intra-band squabbling, let's, let's just say. And so, you know, it's probably not going to see the light of day. That's that the original music. Now, as far as current music goes, I have a studio space. And so Josh and I have been writing and uh, compiling sounds you know, for the past whatever year. Or so um, although actually last year I was I was out on tour quite a bit with with Pussifer. After the Cox played Cold Waves last September, I guess it was whatever, November, December, and I was talking to Jason and I, you know, said to Jason that I want to be involved in every Cold Waves if possible. And, you know, how how can we do this? So he was kind of saying, well, you know, Lenny Gold just played, you know, we, you know, we, we don't necessarily want to do that again. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So then I thought, all right, maybe I can enlist Chris to sing on some of these tunes and that way we'll have 20, 30 minutes of material and, and we can actually do it, you know, so we could actually perform at, at this gold way. So there was a little convincing to get Chris to do it because, you know, he too has small kids and he's very busy and, you know, whatever. But um, it's happened and we have four songs completed. They're uh, off mass getting mastered now. And uh, we have two more songs that uh, we are in the process of finishing right now. They have vocals and everything. So they're mixing, we're mixing them. But yeah, uh, did you, I suppose you heard the one song, right? On our website or Bandcamp or something. I didn't know anything was out for it. I'll, I'll have to go look that up after this. Yeah. So there's one song up there. Um, you know, uh, Aaron, it's it's so difficult. Like, well, well what, what do you do with music? You know, <laughs> what do you do with music these days? Just put it up there and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's so weird. It's like, uh, I feel like my perception of what music is is so old-fashioned. You know, it's like, all right, this this is my creative output is somebody going to pay me for it you know like well that doesn't happen anymore you know so i saw on your facebook page that uh you're selling some vintage merchandise to raise some funds for new lead into gold tell me about deciding to bring that back again as well having a business a manufacturing business and you know having employees and all of that is a lot of work and, you know, fairly stressful and all of that. And so kind of felt like making music was secondary to running this business. You know, whatever, that just kind of kind of beat you down after a while. I decided a few years ago that I was going to make some new music. And so I set up my equipment in a studio space and, you know, force myself to go there after work. And I started writing material and then I realized, well, okay, here, let's step back for a second. So um, I did that music that was like the movie, the fixed movie accompaniment, accompaniment music, Chris Connolly sang on a couple of songs, Ogre sang on a song, that stuff. Do you know that music? I do have that. That's somewhere in, in my DVD shelf. Cool. So, um, that was me trying to make the most interesting hard 
hardest music I could. Um, and I discovered uh, that was, I did that in Austin. I had a studio space there and, and Maleko was in Austin at that time. I found that it was very difficult to satisfy my criteria, if you will. Oh, so in other words, there's lots of outtakes. You know, I went down a lot of dead ends, you know, to try and make music that I thought was, you know, good enough or powerful enough or, or dark enough or whatever. So when I decided I was going to make some more music, I thought, you know what, maybe I should make some Lead into Gold tunes because Lead into Gold, you know, it has an aesthetic, it has a sound, it has, uh, I have all those, all those original sounds, I still have them. Maybe I can just, you know, start there and write some new material and like not try and make it the heaviest music I can, just make Lead into Gold registered trademark music. So I did. So I started writing tunes. I wrote five songs. And then um, my friend Matt Mitchell got in touch with me and asked me if I wanted to go out with Pussifer. So, you know, that kind of put the brakes on everything. I That was the beginning of summer in 15. So I had been rehearsing for Let Into Gold to, to play at Cold Waves in 15. So all of a sudden, you know, work and all my free time was getting eaten up and then um so the letter to gold kind of that, that music got kind of pushed aside but um you know stupidly i thought oh i'll be on the road you know we're only playing you know whatever two and a half hours a night so i'll have all this other time i can finish those letting the gold songs this happens to everybody who goes on the road you know you think yeah i'll have plenty of free time to do other things well you don't actually have you end up not having any free time so now, as of pretty much February of this year, I have been focusing on working up this new Lead Into Gold stuff. You know, suddenly I realized I need more incentive or something to finish this music. And then I thought, at the same time, I've got a ton of shit sitting around. Why don't I try and get rid of it so that I can get into the studio, into a professional studio and, and get some of this, some of this shit done? that's why that stuff is for sale. And that's part of the whole, like, I have to force myself to do it. And how do I do that? Well, if I owe people, you know, stuff, then, you know, there's a deadline, there's like an inherent deadline. And that's when shit gets done. You know, if there's no deadline, you'll never finish it, you know, because why? Something else uh, that I'd like to add concerning this new uh, lead into gold music. And that's that I have to laugh to myself because as I said, the inception is samples, you know, from the eighties and early nineties, you know, I'm intentionally trying to make it sound like that, you know? So I laugh because it's like, it feels like, you know, like, like a familiar blanket, you know, like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. That's, that's cool. You know, I'm kind of happy about that. You can't even take the fucking rubbish out without someone looking at you. Trying to see where you live. Going through your garbage afterwards. Looking for little numbers. Little notes. Little fucking clues. A bandage with dried blood or a ripped up brochure that probably wasn't yours to begin with. Barrier bearings according to the amount of prayers spoken from hearts. That's the way I see it. The more events, more chance, more chance. There is a deep answer to it. 
to find comfort when we move to the left. Somewhere move to the left as we slice the evangelical sound barrier. On this episode, you heard I'm Slowly Breathing, Listen by Maleko, Low and Slow by Lit Into Gold, and Evangelical Sound Barrier by Paul Barker from the Fix This album. Maleko music can be found at maleko.bandcamp.com. Maleko the company can be found at malekoheavyindustry.com. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Deb Demure from Drab Majesty. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician, and soundman Jamie Duffy. Here's Paul Barker again sharing his memories of Jamie. When he was, I don't know, 18 years old, you know, at Chicago Tracks, uh, when we were in there causing mayhem, he was super fun and very smart and, you know, totally willing and a fun kid to be around for sure. I always saw Jamie when I was in Chicago. You know, I moved to Austin in uh, like 92, so I didn't see him very frequently. But um, when it was time to do the retrospectacle and we were trying to figure out how we were going to, you know, p- perform as the Cox. And uh, Jamie was right there and he did so much fucking work getting those backing tracks together and, and everything. It was incredible.